My name is Chris, good to see you. Um, we have been teaching over these last few weeks about the call and blessing. The call is a kind of a motif that we've been talking about all year because this is our 25th anniversary year. Uh, last week, if you were here, we had our baptism service and it was just fabulous. Um, so many wonderful things. Amongst the highlights for me was just having these guys along the front here at both services giving their testimony. I mean, it was just gobsmacking. I'm so grateful to God, so touched by all that he's doing. And, and so it's just such a privilege to be part of a church that is seeing transformation in people's lives. You know? and so I, um, uh, that was just you know, the highlight of the year for me so far. But we, we move on, we press on with the call and blessing. And I'd like to pray, and then we'll get into uh, today's message, which is really uh, entitled The Gift of God's Blessing. Let me just pray. Father, we want to say thank you to you. There is so much to this Christian life. I Forgive me, Lord. You know that when I first began to consider religion, and in particular Christianity, I thought it was all about being good and trying harder. And, oh, dear, I, I, I blush because I, I, I could not have been so wrong. I want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord. It's not about what I've done. It's what you've done, Jesus, upon the cross, dying for the sins of the world and including me in. I want to say thank you, Jesus, for rising from the dead and, and giving us all new hope, the hope of an eternal life. And I want to say thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who inspires me and thrills me. And, Lord, that's just me. And when we multiply that as a community, Lord, we are grateful because we see your hand upon us, and it is so thrilling to be part of something that you're doing. So thank you now, and I pray, Lord, that as I share these thoughts, that you'd bless them, and, and that they would be, most of all, I pray that they'd be effective. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, if you've been here the last few weeks, and you've been hearing about the blessing, I'm just curious to know, I did this at the last service, and was mightily encouraged but just put your hands up if, if, if following uh, this teaching over the last two or three weeks, you have uh, felt that you have been blessed by God. I, I don't know about something that happened 18 months ago, but if in the last fortnight or so, if you feel like God has blessed you, let's just see a show of hands. Well, isn't that great? That's just people all over the room. You know, I thought it was all going to be this block. These people will put their hands up quickly, and then, and then these guys are kind of slow, but then their hands went up as well, so that's great. Uh, also... Because this whole teaching on the blessing, and there's, I'm not going to do a complete recap, you'll have to listen to the, the podcast, but, but also because the whole deal with the blessing is that not only do we get blessed, but we actually get to bless others. Just put your hand up if you've had an opportunity over the last two or three weeks to bless someone and, and, and to, you know, you've, you've recognized that opportunity and, and, and jumped in that. I mean, that, that's great. I mean, really, it's wonderful. We are blessed that we might bless. That's God's purpose in this blessing thing. Wonderful. Uh, I, I'm encouraged to see that, that things are happening. Okay, so three weeks ago, I think it was, we looked at Genesis chapter 12. Uh, uh, the call and blessing was the title. Um, I will just read that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I'll just read that just to uh, help you get in the zone again. It started, as per the teaching, with uh, God's call of Abraham, as he was known then, he was later to become Abraham, his name got tweaked, but um, in God's call of this guy Abraham, uh, 
we read, the Lord had said to Abraham, this is chapter 12 in the book of Genesis, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. There was a letting go of the old things, a letting go of the old life, the old passions, the old things that one threw oneself at and into. There was a letting go in order to take hold of that which God had in store, which was to prove to be so much more, so much more beneficial. And he goes on to say, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That is God's purpose, that his people, the church of Jesus Christ, is not just some sort of holy huddle hidden away somewhere doing their own mysterious who knows what thing. God's plan is that God's people are salt and light in the earth, bringing about transformation, making Christ known, not just by what they say, but what they do. So there we are. That was a bit of a recap of week one, and then we've moved on from there. So today, I want to look at, in a little more depth, the Numbers 6 blessing. Now, I said to you that, you know, when it comes to the end of the service, if you're a regular here, you will know that, we, that, that I or whoever's up here prays a blessing over you. It's from Numbers chapter 6. And, and I wanted you to grasp and to understand that that's not just us doing a bit of religion. Oh, that sounds like a nice spiritual way to finish the service. Well, hey, whatever. It's so much more than that. It is intentional it is something we have decided and thought through to do. And the reason being is that the scriptures tell us, and we're going to read this just in a moment, that this is the way God's people, God's priestly people, place blessing on one another. It's, it's not the only way. It's, you don't have to do this every time you're going to pray a blessing, but this is a good way. And so let's just look at that then. Number six, beginning at verse 22 the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, Aaron was the priest of Israel at that time, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how to, you are to bless Israel, the Israelites. Say to them, <clears throat> the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now you will recognize that blessing. We're not the only people that pray that blessing. It's used very commonly in the Christian church. But now I want to spend a little bit of time unpacking that. What is that about? What are we talking about here? And in true preacher style, I've actually got five Ps that hopefully will you know, help you to remember what the blessing entails. Okay, you ready? Right, first one then. Prosperity. Now, we touched on this and I expanded on this uh, in the first week. And I've just read the numbers, the uh, Genesis 12 thing again. But I want to read another passage and I'm going to leave it to Dennis next week to elaborate on that. But turn with me if you have got a Bible or a Blackberry or whatever you're using to De Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is another aspect of God's blessing. It's not going to go up on the screen. I didn't ask James to do this, but I will read this to you because I felt that I wanted to do this. So in this blessing, God says to his people, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. 
The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your, knee, and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, and blessed when you go out. What I love about this explanation of the blessing is that the author there is trying to be all-encompassing. It's not just about if you go to church on Sunday and sing your heart out and put a few coins in the basket and then pay attention during the preach, then you can go home feeling all right because you've done, a, done your religious thing. You know, I, I, that's what I used to be a bit like when I first became a Christian. You know, this Christian life, this walk that we're on, this journey with Jesus is all-encompassing. And what God says here is that this blessing is not a warm, fuzzy, wuzzy feeling at the end of a service, like you tick the box, you clocked in, you clocked out, you did your dues that week. It's for everything. It's for life. The blessing is for your life. This is something you carry with you. This is something that you can give to others. by Just the, the, the speaking of it over them. Be blessed. God bless you. Or you can withhold from people. Scary thought. Please don't do that. But it's something that will, will, will uh, fill up our time and, and begin to permeate, percolate, if you like, our lives. The gray Mondays in February when it's tipping down with rain and you think, what the heck is it all about, you know? Those high feasts and holidays when you're at a friend's wedding and everybody's jolly and making merry and wonderful. And all those points in between. God's blessing is something that rests upon his people. And in our case, those who own Jesus as Lord. Jesus is key in all of this. As Richard Gathard will preach in a couple of weeks' time, it's really through Jesus that the blessing that was given to Abraham and his descendants gets transferred to the followers of Jesus. It's, it's actually very important teaching. I'm looking forward to hearing Richard teach that. Didn't, he, didn't Richard do well? You know, people are still saying to me when Richard preached two or three weeks ago, only this week somebody said, Richard Gather did a great job. So uh, God bless it. Richard is at the back there. He's not looking at me, but uh, he did a great job. So I'm looking forward to Richard's treatment of that in two weeks' time, this whole business of how the blessing gets transferred from Abraham to us, the followers of Jesus. Very exciting. So this blessing is for everything and all situations when you go into a difficult meeting at work or when you have a bit of a struggle with your staff if you're in business or whether you're facing some challenging assignment in your, your, your education or whatever, the blessing of God is there with you. It has been placed upon you like a, like a cloak, something that you wear. That's what this blessing is for. And it's all about God prospering you. Now, I have already said in the first week, if you missed it, check it out. I told you some stories which make your hair curl. But actually, life isn't a breeze. Jesus himself said, you know, if you follow me, you will have troubles in this world. But fear not, he said, for I've overcome the world. So just because you get God's blessing and you have it upon you, does not mean to say that suddenly your life will be hunky-dory. That's not true. However, it is an undeniable strain element in scripture that as we walk with Jesus so slowly and surely and maybe there's the odd step back but slowly and surely we begin to prosper 
things begin to fall our way. And then all of a sudden you lose a few steps. It's like that. Life is difficult. Life is, is tough. But this prosperity that God wants to pour out upon us is irrepressible. And as you look back, you realize that God has brought you on through hard times, difficult times maybe. Sometimes where you've just felt absolutely overwhelmed and you didn't know what to do. God brings you forward and it's always onward and it's always upward. There is this irrepressible element in God's blessing to prosper us. I know Dennis has got some great stories to tell you about next week. Next one, presence, presence. The Lord make his face shine on you. Now, Dennis reminded me actually, and this is absolutely right, that in the last service I did not say this, but I want to say it this time. God's presence is, is all to do with his pleasure. He likes being with us. Now, forgive me if, if I, virtually every sermon I mention my grandkids, but I, I guess I must like them, I suppose. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that, that we are a bit besotted, like many grandparents, with our, with our grandkids, and we actually like being with them. And uh, they come over to our house, and they wreck the place, and they, you know, they tear the place apart, and, you know, they touch things they shouldn't touch and they leave fingerprints over all sorts of things and Fliss and I just smile benignly. <laughs> Whereas if anybody else, I'd kill them, you know. But we just, we love them, but they give us enormous amount of pleasure. We just love being in their presence. It, it's, it's pleasurable. God the Father is like that with you and I. His presence is something that we rightly do seek and, and crave because to be in God's presence, suddenly the whole of life begins to come into a new perspective. We see things are right when we're seeing them through the lens of God's favor and blessing. We see difficulties and troubles are right in the context of God's favor and blessing. But also, as time goes on, and I, as, you know, I have to say, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I, I need to remind myself about this because you know, I've, I, I began my whole journey with God thinking that he didn't like me all that much. So it's something that I have to be careful with. But the reality is the longer you go with God as you begin to familiarize yourself and enjoy and indeed seek his presence, you begin to realize that there's something else in that. And it's that he likes to be with us. He actually, we give him pleasure, which is a very touching thing. Just by being Chris, I give God pleasure. Just by being my grandkids, they give me pleasure, even when they're kicking up. You know, there's an extraordinary thing, something embracing and enfolding and tender about that. So the second aspects where when it when it says, Lord, make your face shine, may, may the Lord's face shine upon you. Can you see the Lord sort of beaming at you? The blessing is this, you know, may God not just suffer you or put up with you or ignore you, but may his face shine upon you. May you know God's pleasure in his presence with you. This whole business of presence is is absolutely key. And the church 
for a long while has understood this, and, and we have understood that. And in fact, there's very much a movement today worldwide for just savoring and seeking God's presence, and, and as well we might. Because without his presence, it just becomes dull religion, it just becomes going through things by rote. Devoid of his presence, I just don't want to have anything to do with it, to be honest. But with God's presence, suddenly there's life there. You know, I, I enjoy going up to Dunstable Downs. One of many places I enjoy going. I go to Dunstable Downs fairly regularly. Sometimes I'll go on my own, have a bit of a prayer time, take my Bible, etc. But for me, it may not work for you, but for me, just being on that high, sort of those high chalk hills, looking out across the Vale of Aylesbury with the, you know, the clouds scudding across the sky, it can be rain or shy. I've been, been up there in a blizzard and it was just magical. But that, those deep breaths and this wide open space, and it, it, it just seems to feed me. I feel alive again. And I've discovered that as I come into God's presence, as I begin to savor his pleasure upon me, it's like going to Dunstable Downs. I feel alive again. And that's wonderful because that can happen in the privacy of my own lounge. That can happen... You know, in the supermarket, I get flashes of, of, of joy at the prospect of God's presence and, and favor upon me. All this is part of God's blessing that comes upon his people. Third little thing here, protection. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I did touch on this um, at some length. The whole business of in Genesis 12, I read it at the beginning of this talk. You know, this whole business where God says, you know, if you bless others, I will bless them. And if you curse others, or if others curse you, you know, I will curse them. He kind of intervenes. The sense being that you have a protector. You know, a big brother, if you like, in the school playground who will step in and rescue you when things get a bit hairy, you know. But more, than, more so. You see, when, what God says is that when my... My son's name is upon you. When, when I am on you, when you are my people, it's personal. So when people speak well of you, that makes me feel good, says God, and I will bless those people. But if they try and get in your face and make your life hell, they better watch out because these are my kids and I'm a good father, and I know how to deal with that. There's this tremendous sense of, of God's protection. I mean, it speaks in the Psalms of, you know, in fact, we pray it as a staff, don't we, Then we, we pray for the church and ourselves. We say, keep us under the shadow of your wings. Keep us as the apple of your eye and confuse the enemy concerning us. That's a little pray, prayer we pray for ourselves and one another on the staff and the church. And there's this sense of a, a great eagle and you're tucked up under there, under the shadow of his wings. This you know, God brooding over you and keeping you. So the third element I want to highlight today is protection in the blessing. Fourthly, power. Let the Lord turn his face towards you. May he be not just present, but, but really attentive. You know, Fliss and I this week, we, we were having a cup of tea in the garden, sort of dudging showers and stuff like that. It's nice yesterday, though. But Fliss was talking to me, and, and I realized I did a bloke thing. I, my mind wandered, I confess, okay? 
I was there, but I wasn't really there. I actually was thinking about something else, and suddenly I realized that uh, she didn't mention anything, but I realized that actually I, I hadn't been paying attention. So then I try and pay attention, thinking, what's she, what, what's she talking about? You know? <laughs> sort of trying to catch up so she wouldn't know I hadn't been paying attention, you know. See, when the scripture talks about God turning towards us, it's not just about being present. It's about being present and having his full attention. It's a wonderful thing, but that's what the scripture promises. And I tend to link that in with the pleasure thing because I think for a long time, you know, when I first became a Christian, we all go on these great journeys of faith and we grow in grace and understanding as time goes on. It doesn't happen all overnight. But for many a long year, I really believed that Jesus had saved me. I really believed that he died on the sins, died on the cross for my sins, excuse me. And I really believed that. But I kind of felt that I was lucky to have got in. You know? That there were plenty of other people who were far more deserving, but phew, that was a close shave. I got the last seat on the bus. Whew. That was a close shave. I kind of felt like that, you know. I was sort of standing at the back of the bus, but I was on the bus. Oh, good. Oh, my goodness. But it was the Lord who kept working on me to say, no, Chris, you haven't got it, son. You haven't understood. You haven't got the last seat on the bus. But your name is actually on the VIP list. Your name is in my book in heaven. It's interesting, in the book of Revelation, it talks about God keeping a book and our names are written in the book. And I kind of heard this and I thought, yeah, but, no buts, said the Lord. And he says, your place is not the last seat standing on the bus, but it says in the book of Ephesians that there's a seat beside my son in the throne of heaven for you. And it took a long time for me to begin to understand that. So when the scriptures talk and when the blessing talks about you know, God turning his face towards it, you have his full and undivided attention. His mind isn't elsewhere and you just snuck in when he wasn't looking. You are part of the family. I have a, Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. For I go ahead of you and in my Father's house are many rooms and I go to prepare a place for you. Wow. And as you begin to work on that in terms of your understanding, what that tends to do is that you begin to understand the work on the cross all the better. You begin to realize that that's, if that's true, well then Jesus must have done far more than you initially realized on that cross when he died for your sins. You begin to realize that when the scriptures say that he has now called us sons and daughters, he really has called us sons and daughters. Wonderful thing. God's protection, God's power, and finally, peace, God's peace. They call this number six thing the peace. And they pray the, the, the peace. But in fact, 
the word peace is rather weak. We have this wonderful English language, but in some areas it is deficient. Rather like the Eskimos who've got, is it 52 words for the, the word snow or something like that? You know, we've only got snow or slush, nothing in between. Well, this word peace is so much richer than the English language conveys. The Jewish word is shalom. Many of you know this. In fact, a blessing, a kind of shorthand blessing is shalom. You know, when I was in Jerusalem, I heard people saying, you know, shalom to one another. And shalom is, is peace, not just peace and quiet, like when my grandkids go home and finally the dust settles. It's more than that. It's a well-being, a wholesome well-being, a sense of being at ease and at peace with oneself and with the world and with God. It's a wholesome thing. It's, it's a thing that, that goes with you, not just in a quiet moment after the grandkids have left. But it's something, shalom, God's shalom peace is something that you carry with you in all circumstances and all situations. And in it, there is, there is something very, very profound and a great blessing. I think I've told you the story of, of going on holiday. I'll finish with this. Years ago, I took the family to France, one of our early trips, just when we started daring to take the kids to France. And we had a caravan in those days, which we used to take to France. And I remember us having a nice holiday and we're coming back and we had planned to go and see the, the bio-tapestry bio in Normandy. We blocked out a day and we we're going to do that and then the following morning we we're going to drive to the ferry port and come home, end of the holiday. Well, on the day we're going to do the bio-tapestry, for some reason I'm up early, well that's not uncommon, I'm up early and I'm looking through the sort of bits of paper, checking I've got the ferry documents for tomorrow, you know, no one any hassle or anything. I'm looking at these things and suddenly I realise that I've got the dates wrong. That actually it's not tomorrow that we get the ferry, it's today in about an hour and a half. And suddenly I'm going, what? You know, well I, I realise instantly that we're just not going to, we're, we're not going to get there in time. But I say to Fliss, I say, Fliss, I'm sorry, I don't know how I've mucked up. But I've really made a big one here, but we've got to pack everything up. We've got to go to the ferry terminal because, you know, we're supposed to be catching the ferry today. And, you know, how will we ever get there because we've got this great big Volvo and this, you know, great caravan and everything. Blah, 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 panic, you know. Not much shalom peace, I don't mind telling you. <clears throat> quite, quite the opposite. Anyway, we pack everything up, we pile into the car, and we go drive across Normandy, you know, get there to the ferry terminal, and I probably missed the ferry by about three hours. So I come into the port, and I kid you not, I mean, our total rig was probably about 27 foot long. It was, it was long. And we, we, we come in, and I go to the, 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 you know, the check-in desk, and I say, oh, I'm really sorry, I know I missed, I really mucked up, I'm, is there anything we can do? And the woman sort of sucked her teeth, and I said, I'm really sorry, we're incredibly busy today. Um, you'll have to go over to the standby lane over there. And I look over at the standby lane, and I mean, it's like the last lifeboat on the Titanic, you know, there's... 
you know, there's you know, hundreds of people in the standby lane, and I got a 27-foot rig. I mean, what are the chances, you know? So anyway, we pull over there, and we do a, make a, do a brew and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, I'm beginning to pray, and I'm, I'm apologizing like fury to the fliss, and apologizing to the kids, because I probably bit their heads off a little bit, you know, just in the rush, you know. And I said, oh, God, you know, the truth is, mid-August, you know, this is happening a zillion times over. We've got to get home soon. I'm really going to have to need, need your help, you know. I really, 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 really do. And as I just sort of dialed down, God's peace came upon me. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, humanly speaking, we probably weren't going to get back until November, you know. <laughs> But God's peace came on me. I thought, oh, thank God, thank God. And I said to Phyllis, I don't know how, Phyllis, but it's going to be all right. And she said, well, why don't you go over to the ticket office and see what's happening? Because we, we, you know, the kid's got to be back at school on Monday or whatever it was. There was some issue we had to be back for. So I said, okay, I'll do that, fine. So I go over to the booking hall. And it's horrible in there. There's about six windows... There's about two staff members, it's always the way, you know. Two staff windows are open for rebooking. There is a sea of humanity. There was a very, very cross German man and several very, very cross English people, all sort of shouting and carrying on and all sorts of hullabaloo. And I'm stood at the back there and I'm thinking, Oh, my goody art. And these poor people behind the counter are looking fed up as they would be and frazzled. And so I said, oh, God, bring your peace into this room. Just bring your peace. This is terrible. Nobody's going to get anywhere. You know. So I'm stood there at the back, and I kid you not, somebody looked like a manager from way back in the office and I, I happened to saw, see them, and, and our eyes met, which is a bit weird. Walked all the way down from the back to the, to the counters, bent down to speak through the glass hole, and said, You, sir, at the back, you, sir. And I looked like this. He said, I said, oh, Me? He said, Yeah, you're on the six o'clock tonight, okay? <laughs> what? I said, I got a 27-foot rig. He says, that's okay, we'll fit you on. Six o'clock, don't be late. And the whole place went quiet. And all these people went, what? <laughs> Who's he? Well, I wasn't going to stand around in case they changed their mind. <laughs> or in case they pulled my arms off or something. But he didn't give me any paper or anything. I was a little bit disconcerting, but I, I came back and I said, well, like, this guy says that we, we'll be on the six o'clock. And uh, I, 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 I felt it was like a God thing, but because he didn't give me any paper, you know, being a bit, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know. But we turned up at 6 o'clock, and I don't understand it now, but they had our registration number, they had everything, and they waved us through. God's peace, God's presence, not losing your head when everybody else is losing their head, Leaning back into God and saying, God, I cannot fix this myself, although you know I would if I could. 
I need you, Father, to fix this. And then letting God do it. And we got home. Praise God. The blessing. Would you all stand? Let's have the team up here. I'm going to finish with a worship song. But I want to do something just before we sing that song. <clears throat> just Would you mind just bowing your heads for a moment? Let's everybody do this. Now, you've been very kind and you've, you've, you've smiled at that little story I to told about the booking hall at the ferry terminal. But for some of you, life's a bit like that at the moment. Actually, whew, you know, there's stuff going on. And actually, you don't even know how you're going to fix that or what you can do. But if you're sensing a real need for God's peace, his presence, his prosperity, his protection, his power, if that's where you're at, I just want you to raise your hand now. Just raise your hand and keep it up there. If you're in the middle of stuff, which you just really don't know how to fix, to be honest, and boy, you could do with a bit of that. Well, I see about half the hands in the room have gone up. I'm just going to pray the number six blessing. I will pray it again at the end, but this is very particularly for those of you who are going through it. Just This is for you. And the reason I want you... The reason why I'm wanting you to put your hand up is because it's you reaching out to God, but, but it's also God saying, I see you. You have my full attention. I'm not busy elsewhere. I'm not distracted. I see you. So I'm going to pray the number six blessing, then we'll worship, then we'll come up, and then I'll pray it for everyone and we'll dismiss. But if your hand is up, this is for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.